Jupiter with the unaided eye on January 18th, 2024 on episode 384 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Christian. Joining me is Shane. We're amateur astronomers who love looking up at the night sky. And this podcast is for everybody who likes going out under the star. Hey, wait a second. Alistair, are you still here? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yes! <laughs> you're, you're like the ghost of observations past... No, no, wait, wait. It should be observations future in this case, I, I think, because it, it looks like I missed an event for the uh, uh, 2024 observers calendar or something you, you pointed out to me. Yeah, it, this uh, it's really cool. Of course, I'll, you know, lots of people have seen uh, Venus with the unaided eye after sunrise or before sunset during the day. Um, we're not counting total eclipses of the sun where you can see the planets. It's just like during a normal day, be able to see uh, um, Jupiter. It, it's a little tricky, and that's what we'll talk about. And you were saying that it's not just an event here in Canada or North America. It's an event that is for uh, sky watchers worldwide. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, the, the, I mean, the prime event is uh, the 18th of January. Um, and the moon, of course, as everybody knows, moves a little bit. So uh, when when uh, when we say, oh, the uh, Jupiter will be at three o'clock to the moon, well, that, that'll be uh, for some people, but other listeners, it'll be at nine o'clock because uh, the, the moon's going to be a little earlier in its orbit or a little bit later in its orbit, depending on what time zone you're in. Exactly. So let's. So, what is this event, and what's the trick to seeing it? Okay. Uh, well, I s sort of stumbled on this uh, back in '87, uh, and I was uh, really enjoying my new uh, polarized sunglasses. And of as course, seen on TV. <laughs> and and uh, as uh, a lot of uh, people know, they're great for driving because uh, it, it re removes reflections uh, off of uh, flat surfaces. Uh, but as it turns out, the sky is polarized. Uh, just it's called Raleigh scattering, the, why the sky is blue. And it is um, the most scattering happens closer towards the sun and the least scattering happens 90 degrees from the sun. And that's where the sky is its deepest, darkest blue. And so it suddenly hit me. I was just lucky with the timing that Jupiter just happened to be in that spot in the sky. And I went, oh, I wonder if uh, using polarized sunglasses, you can really darken that blue and well, you're, you're dimming Jupiter a little bit through your sunglasses, but it's one of these things where if you're darkening the background way more, maybe it's visible. And it turned out it was. And so that is really the trick. The key trick is waiting for Jupiter to lie in the polarization band of the sky. And that is 90 degrees from the sun. So uh, it's not quite there yet. It will be uh, in, uh, in mid-January. Um, and... The, the other key thing there is when the moon passes by, uh, in this case, it'll be in the evening sky, well, late afternoon sky, uh, it'll be at first quarter, and first quarter is 90 degrees from the sun. So both Jupiter and the moon 
are lying in the polarization band. And so Jupiter, uh, sorry, the moon is what sort of guides you to being able to spot Jupiter because uh, the, the ones of you who've seen Venus during the day, it's not easy, but you know, once you lock onto it, oh yeah, 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 there it is. But it's just, it's very hard for the eye to focus on a blank piece of sky. And so if you've got the moon right there, You've got a reference, your eyes can focus, and then you go, oh, yeah, it's, if you have to know for your time zone, like use the planetarium program, that, oh, uh, Jupiter will be, uh, you know, three moon diameters away at the four o'clock position or at the seven o'clock position. And so make sure you know that. Use binoculars to start with, uh, just to find it and go, oh. Uh, you know, it's that far from the moon, or it's that close to the moon, because you'd be surprised if you just say, oh, it's three moon diameters. It's like you, your eye has a tough time, or brain has a tough time figuring out where that is. So what I do is uh, I, I use a deck chair. Um, I lie down, I put my uh, head towards where the sun is, and then uh, on go the uh, polarized sunglasses. And in the late afternoon, um, the uh, well, the moon will be oh, hopefully halfway up the sky. And you'll see the polarization band really nice and dark uh, above with the moon right um, pretty close to it. It's not a perfect alignment, but it, it'll be pretty close. Uh, and uh, and then uh, you, you just sort of relax. And having the deck chair really allows you to relax. It's like having a, a, a seat at the eyepiece. You're, you're not straining to keep your body balanced. You're just nicely relaxed. Um, find it first in binoculars and then um, use uh, use your uh, polarized sunglasses by putting your head towards the sun you're essentially lining up the right angle of polarization between the so, sky so you put the back you put your head back towards the sun of course that's right yeah yeah you're looking uh, exactly away from the sun and we always have to put a rider on about solar safety uh, which is to never look at or anywhere near the sun in this case we are looking opposite the sun in the sky because that is into the uh, polarization band is that what you called it not quite opposite 90 degrees no i need to sorry yeah 90 degrees yeah okay yeah i got you yeah so at sunset the polarization band arches right overhead and goes from horizon to horizon i've never shane have you ever heard of this polarization band before this is like brand new news to me i've never heard of this before yeah, no, I've I've never heard of it in the sky. Very familiar with polarized sunglasses, but not uh, a polarization effect uh, above me. Yeah, and and the, the, when you go out today or tomorrow, you'll you'll look at it and you'll go, "How did I never see that?" Well, <laughs> you know that 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 you mentioned it, Alistair. Like I think I have seen it. I just didn't know what it was because there's there's times. Um, you know, we have a lot of, you know, beautiful blue skies, horizon to horizon here on the prairie. And there's times where there's that, that deeper blue, it seems, uh, above. And I just, I don't know. I always thought it was like, oh, that's extra clear today. <laughs> or there's just less particular. Yeah. I always thought it was air. just related to atmospheric phenomena mm -hmm. of, uh, of a different type. Like Shane saying the particles in the atmosphere, I didn't realize it was actually like a like a like a component of the atmosphere itself. Yeah, we'll, we'll do another episode on that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there there is uh, upper level transparency stuff that that um, is a separate uh, uh, phenomenon uh, to this. 
uh, changes the blueness of the sky. But in this case, yeah, it's um, and and especially when it's slightly hazy. Uh, but the, the the thing is, uh, like on a normal day, put on your sunglasses, uh, go out, and and hopefully you don't get vertigo. But it's essentially. Um, uh, again, avoid looking at the sun, put your back to the sun, and then tilt your head up and away, <laughs> away from the ground. And then you can just sort of uh, twist your body side to side, uh, rolling, rolling your head. So hopefully you don't get vertigo doing that. So maybe hang on to put your put your hand on, on the side of the car or something just to steady yourself uh, and not get dizzy. And, and well, and they should be using a lawn chair anyway. So we're not responsible for people that go tripping and falling and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you uh, tilt your head side to side uh, or, and, and roll it around to find that maximum spot of, uh, of, of darkness. So um, yeah. And then, and Jupiter sort of uh, when the moon is there, it's like, boop, there it is. Now, of course, you can still do this when the moon is not there. Uh, and actually, Jupiter is uh, in the uh, depths of the polarization band uh, uh, towards the 25th, 26th of January. So if you miss this event, you can still give it a try. It's just how do you know where to look? Yeah, I found that before, too. Like you were saying, it's it's I find that my eye really has struggles to get that focus without something like the moon nearby. So that's super handy. Yeah. And sometimes even traces of cloud help. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, and that ends up being uh, one of those funny uh, evolutionary things is that uh, if you just sort of open your eyes, uh, your, your focus is naturally inwards, you know, only a, a handful of meters away from you. So in case you've got a predator coming at you. So yeah, your, your eyes are not used to uh, focusing on a blank sky. They actually pull inwards a little bit. But uh, yeah, the, the other uh, trick, if you're going to do this, if, if it's cloudy that day, is to find Jupiter just after sunset. Mm -hmm. You can see it normally. And then go, okay, line yourself up uh, either in your backyard or with uh, uh, some apartment uh, buildings nearby and go, okay, it's, you know, it's right over that corner uh, at sunset. So just before sunset, it'll be you know, uh, further east. Um, and and so th that too, if you're far enough from a, an apartment building, your eyes will be focused at the right distance because an apartment building is good enough to infinity for your eyes yeah um, and uh and give it a try there i have tried it with saturn and it's just like no i just could not do it with saturn okay. uh, but you can do it with uh especially the brighter stars capella sirius mm -hmm. vega uh it's easier in the morning um, because for one thing you can see you know whether it's your target whether it's jupiter or one of those brighter stars um uh, it's easier when it's coming uh, uh, out of the darkness. You know exactly where to look, and you're just lying back on your deck chair, and you wait for sunrise. And yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's still there. Um, but uh, it's uh, that thing of uh, focusing on a blank sky. You'll find is the uh, is the real uh, um, challenge. And so having the moon there makes it real easy. And it's just unfortunately uh, when we get into the when Jupiter is back in the morning sky and it's in the polarization band, uh, the moon is nowhere near there. It's uh, um, 
it's off. So when the moon does pass by Jupiter, it's basically out of the polarization band. Um, it, the the polarization band, it's not a channel, but it's a sort of a very deep trench, so to speak. When you you'll see it when you uh, look at it. it, it it's the sky is sort of its normal brightness, and then it just goes right down, real deep, and then whoop back up the other side. Well, this this is brand new to me. I'm excited for this for for several reasons. One, I I have not even Shane, you've at least noticed this before. I have not noticed this before, at least not uh, to the extent that you have. And uh, and so just to see something new is always exciting. And then as well, it is during the day in the winter here, and it seems like you don't need to set up much equipment. So uh, that is also a uh, much appreciated observation that uh, is more just of a challenge to to see than to uh, get the gear set up when it's like minus 20 in the middle of the night. That's right. That's great. Excellent. Uh, anything to add on your end, Shane, before we uh, wrap this up? Well, I, I just appreciate the reference to using like an apartment building or some fixed object to help with this. Um, I have attempted a few daytime observations before Venus and, uh, I've used streetlights, uh, you know, in the distance to help sort of mark where I should be looking. And I guess it's probably the only time a streetlight is an astronomer's friend is during a, a daytime observation such as this. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, this is going to be fun. Hopefully we have clear skies to try this out. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Uh, anything to add from, uh, your end there, Alistair, before we conclude one of your atmospheric oddities or whatever we're going to call these. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, have fun with it, with, with the sky and, and uh, the polarization is, is one of the neat uh, things. Uh, rainbows are also polarized, highly polarized. So with your polar, with your sunglasses, tilt your head the next time you see a rainbow, which is going to be a while for us here. <laughs> but yeah, it, it makes it, it disappears completely. Part of the art, that is. And, and for reference, uh, you know, my humor has sometimes been referred to on the show as somewhat polarizing where people either enjoy it or, or they don't. So. Speaking of which, why wasn't Corey Hart an astronomer? Because he wore he wears sunglasses at night. Yeah, what I thought, but I did not want to take the bait. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, folks, anything further for this one? Nothing for me. Thanks again, right. Alistair. Appreciate you coming on the show with, uh, for this episode and the previous one. Yeah. Like Chris, this is our Christmas special. Thank you. Uh, listeners, we will be uh, taking a week or so. Uh, might even amount to it's it's gradually building here, but maybe uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be uh, a week or so off there. We're going to head out sometime. You'll notice the last show, I think Shane is going to drop on the 21st of December, and we will be back on January 1st with the Observer's calendar for uh, January 2024. Thanks everybody for listening. You can always send us your show ideas, observations, and questions, particularly on atmospheric phenomena to actualastronomy at gmail.com. Thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. <laughs>